episode of Sex in Iceland. I figured, seeing as we've been talking so much about genitals, I figured we just might continue on that path. But what I wanted to talk about is masturbation. In particular, when children masturbate. Okay, the reason I want to talk about this is because I, um, I saw this article on Scary Mommy, where, by the way, I have had an article of mine published uh, it was about miscarriage I might cover that in a later episode but for this for this episode um, I want to talk about uh, masturbation because of the comments I saw below the article there was this one person that um, commented and she said that this was deviance and that she would put put a stop to this as soon as it happens and uh, because this was terrible or something like that um but and actually people are calling her out saying she's a troll and stuff like that but in all fairness this is an attitude that I've heard before and people actually they don't know that much about masturbation and it isn't that many years ago that we actually knew that children did indeed masturbate because um, it's like 20 or 30 years ago that we thought that they were just having like epileptic epileptic fits it wasn't until they were actually videotaped like video recorded in these sessions where they were just masturbated when the doctors viewed them and they were like okay the kids orgasming like they're not they're not just like having an epileptic fit they're just orgasming but um there are some of course lines here that we can draw and i know this gets some people queasy and they're like what what do you mean and actually um when you think about it, like, and, the, and the people go like, why would you talk about this? Why, why is this important? And if you think about it, um, the genitals are often a pleasurable area to um, just to touch and stroke and fondle. They're full of nerve endings. And when you're a tiny, tiny baby and you're poking your fingers and hands in every possible orifice and place, you're just checking out the world. And when you hit something, when you touch something that feels pleasurable and nice, you go, mm-hmm, that's good. I'm going to do that again. That's just reinforcement. And when you touch something that hurts or you do something that hurts, that's something that you would avoid basic reinforcement so when kids are allowed and I'm going to say allowed because I've noticed or and this is not even something just that I've noticed it's just like this, this is something that is done that um often when kids I'm talking young babies here touch their genitals often the caregiver or whoever's changing their diaper might push their hand away and be like no don't touch that no that's dirty now you need to wash your hands don't do that and so from a very very young age before they have basic understanding of anything they understand that oh okay this body part is dirty this is not something that I should do I will get um, told that I that this is like forbidden so we're entering this shame 
And this is what we've often talked about um, where we see like a gender difference. So boys, it's more commonplace. It's like a commonplace um, view that they are always excited about their penis that they just want to touch their penis. And it's like, oh, boys will be boys. You know, they're so controlled by the penis, which is a myth, by the way. Just need to be clear about that if the sarcasm wasn't totally transparent here um whereas with girls it's like it's the vulva is such a dirty place in all like the narrative of the vulva it's like you know we bleed we pee we have this mucus or smegma or what you want to call it phlegm or whatever and um it's always like it's a dirty word you know um so that to me is so interesting like when do we start to give these messages to kids and what I've done in sex ed is I've often said to the guys, to the boys, I said, imagine if as soon as you're born, you're put like somebody puts pants on you and you always have to wear these pants. You have never seen your penis. And every time you try to touch your penis, your hands, your hand gets slapped and you're told off. You're told that this is dirty and you shouldn't do this. It's forbidden. And then each time you go to the bathroom to pee, you always have to sit down and you're never allowed to see your penis. Okay. So when you're a teenager, you're thinking, hmm, you know what? Got a little bit of a rebel in me. I am going to touch my penis. But how do you touch it? Do you slap it? Do you give it a squeeze? Do you knock on wood? Like, what do you do if you've never seen it, never touched it, and don't know how it works? Should you tug your balls? Should you stroke it? Should you give it a blowjob by blowing gently on your own penis? And to me, people are going like, whoa, that's such a crazy idea. I'm like, welcome to the world of the vulva. We don't really see it. We're not encouraged to look at it, to touch it, or to um, like expose it. Like when we're at gym or... And this might be different for, for Icelanders, but this has actually changed now. Because now they have somebody that's like guarding the kids while they're changing in the gym and helping them out. It wasn't so when I was um, growing up. Then we were just... It was just free for all, like we were just all there. Um, but still, I've noticed because we have these local swimming pools and there, you know, everybody showers communally and we're just in locker rooms getting dressed in and nobody has like a private area, not really to get dressed in. And I've noticed it's not like, like we always put on underwear or even just pants. We're, we're never like the vulva is not exposed. Like we're not drying our hair and the vulva is exposed. Like we will put on underwear. We might not put on like a bra, but we will put on underwear. And to me, this is so interesting because this goes to the heart of trying to be a sexual being and trying to discover pleasure and discover yourself. And when you get this message from such an early age that masturbation is something to be worried about or something shameful, I think it really does set the tone for how you're going to view your body, view your genital, and then view your sex life later on. And what what pleasure can you expect when you don't know and you, you haven't experienced it and you, you're not willing to experience it? So... And also with kids, because this is a, this is a common question from um, people, teachers working in kindergartens and and even younger preschools and stuff like that, um, like school, we call them here. Um, 
they often ask, okay, so what is normal? Because they might be doing it when they're taking a nap with the other kids. And um, they're like, why are they doing it? Is this is this something, is something wrong with them? And the, the kind of perimeter that you set is that... Uh, So, okay, let's start with one thing. Kids often do this because they are tired or they're anxious or they're afraid. They use this as a calming mechanism. And that's what we know that, I mean, an orgasm can bring you quite a calming, soothing, even sleepy effect. So kids learn to use this maybe to regulate their emotions or even to get out frustrations, okay? What we need to do as adults, like we would not teach our kids how to masturbate, we wouldn't do that, and we wouldn't maybe use the word orgasm or masturbation. We might we might say, oh, I know you like touching yourself, this is a pleasurable um, place of the body for you to touch, but it's only for you to touch and do it in a private area, such as what in the bathroom bathroom or in your bedroom this is not something that we do in public because the genitals are private and that's something that we just do in the privacy of our own home but when they're because and, and the thing is when they're doing it in preschool and kindergarten sometimes it can be um it can cause disturbance for the the kids around them, especially like I had this one case where this girl was moaning quite loudly and the other kids were just like, oh, what's wrong with your, what's wrong with her? And why is she doing that? And, and when the um, teachers talked, talked about this with the parents, the parents were just like, what? No, she's never done it. I don't know what you're talking about. You guys are crazy. So it's really important also to kind of identify, it's, it's, it's emotional regulation as well. So it's good to identify, okay, when is my child, does, if, if this is something that my child does, you need to provide that space, whoa, that space for them to do it as well. So it might be um, like after a busy day of an outing and you can see that they're becoming upset, you might want to be able to give them that space to go home and just relax and relax on their own terms in in a way that feels good to them. So you're not controlling it, you're not um, giving directions or anything, but you're just like, okay, now we've had quite a busy day, we're going to go home. So you can just relax and have a a good time or have a a relaxing time in your bedroom. Um, And when kids are I'm not going to say encouraged, but they're not discouraged from um, touching their genitals, playing with their genitals. You will often find that they will do it when they are relaxed. They might be reading a story or looking at a book. They might be watching television. They might be taking a bath or shower. It's just often at those times where they're just like, huh, okay, I'm just relaxing my body and they're getting in tune with their body. So it's not shameful. It's not not something that you need to forbid it's not something you need to worry in particular about you might want to explain basic things such as if you know that this is something that your child does you might want to explain things like okay so you've been touching your genitals you know that when we touch after we touch our genitals and we're finished just like in the bathroom we go and we wash our hands Um, that's just you know because that's proper cleanliness and we should wash our hands often during the day but it's not like but be careful not to say because the genitals are dirty. It's more like because it's just like when we go to the bathroom, there are certain germs um, in the genital and 
in this area that are not good if they travel into food. So just wash your hands and that's fine. It's something that we do. We wash our hands before we eat, after we eat, after we go to the bathroom. It's just one of those, one of those things, okay? Um, one mother uh, contacted me and asked if, if um, her daughter... Uh, she uses masturbation for these uh, emotional regulation, uh, regu- not, not regulations, for as an emotional outlet, okay, and to calm herself. She has ADHD, and she has been doing this since she was a kid, like a very, very young child before age two. Um, and she does this on the regular, so it might be a few times a day, or and now as she is older and she's in school and stuff, she doesn't do it at school, obviously, but um, she really needs to have a quiet time after school. They call it the vulva time, the vulva cozy time. Yeah, I think it's quite cute. Um, she really needs to be able to have that space so that she can just like totally, um, I, I don't know what you call it, but just like... Um, like a, if you were like recalibrate I guess is a word recalibrate herself um, but so this one time she was uh, having trouble like orgasming because th- that's something that we can do even as children and she got really really frustrated and she was asking her mother she's like can, can you please help me can you do something to help me and the mother was like okay this is an ethical boundary I'm not comfortable with like what should I tell her she's really frustrated I want to be able to like help her but I don't want to help her because you know that's that's crossing a line and um so we talked about it and I said to her, you could give her like guidance, like maybe she she needs to be in a more relaxed environment. Maybe she needs to relax her body more. Um, maybe she a bath might be good. So her muscles were more relaxed, um, but she needs to explain as well why her mother can't help her and why this is just like a private thing. And sometimes it can be hard to it can be hard to finish if you want to use that language. But again, it's not perfect because we don't want to think of sex and pleasure as a start and an end, like in a finish. Like it always has to have a goal. But um, just like yeah, just get her in that mindset of really calming herself down, asking her what would help her to be more calm, and then just letting her have her time with it like we're not in a hurry we're not going anywhere you can take your time doing it just if you want to try and take a bath that might help you but I can't physically help you and there was this uh this was a child that was uh, nine years old then I had a mother who asked me about a vibrator for her daughter and uh well actually sex toys they're they're not you know inherently dangerous it's nothing dangerous about us but it's just like a common dildo or vibrator or something. And I mean, they were designed to help people orgasm. That's the truth of it, especially vulvas. But um, she said to me, okay, so I found a vibrator in my teen's bedroom. Is it okay? Should I throw it away? What should I do with it? And I said, well, it's. I think you should probably respect that she has it and you might want to talk about sex and masturbation with her. But like, it's not inherently dangerous or harmful to her to have that vibra- vibrator. You know, it's just, it might help her to achieve pleasure. And I mean, it's so, we, we feel that it's so common for guys to masturbate and to talk about it publicly and have banter about it and and they talk about it with girls and the girls are kind of going okay you guys always talk about masturbation and 
we can't say anything. Like we have no freedom to talk about it or to experience it because it's so shameful. We can't share this with one another because it's like, oh my God, that's so weird. Do you do that? And why would you do that? And it's like our pleasure that I mean, the femme pleasure. It's like it always has to wait for a man. And not even just a man. That's not the whole thing. It's just like somebody else. So I often talk to women about this and I'm like, okay, so when do you experience pleasure? What's your pleasure like? Like pleasure that's just for you, that doesn't have to be shared. And they just, they're kind of flabbergasted. Um, I had this clay, vulva clay workshop the other day with a group of women. And a lot of them were like, I don't even know how to clay a vulva. Like, how do you sculpt a vulva out of clay? And one said, she's like, I don't even know if I've properly seen mine ever. She's like, I don't even know if I've ever seen another person's, like, except from online. Like, I've never really looked at mine. And then really got the conversation going. And then we were able to turn it around and like, okay, if you guys are raising children, especially if you're raising daughters, is this something that you're gonna, how's my cat meowing? Ain't that appropriate, my pussy meowing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, hi. So I'm recording at home with my Moomin coffee cup, um, some Oreos, freshly brewed coffee, and my cat. I'm not breastfeeding at the moment, you know, I just put him to sleep, but I'm often breastfeeding. Even like, I never thought I'd breastfeed after my child is one. I've always breastfeed until they're one, but now he's like, almost turning one and a half and I'm still breastfeeding yeah I might talk about that at a later later time but anyway um I feel it's and this ties into the whole telling them proper names for their genitals saying vulva saying labia saying clitoris saying vagina and same for penises penis scrotum Um, It's just, it's balls, whatever you want to use. And I know that we have all these nicknames. And I know in America they have like the JJs and all these uh, weird names that I can't even remember right now on the top of my head. But um, in Iceland, the word for vulva is uh, pika. And that's usually something that's quite negative to say about another woman. It's almost like cunt. But uh, we've claimed it. The health professionals, the... um, the, the, the educational um, materials and pika is the word that we're using. But I often tell parents, I'm like, you can use words, that you can use the JJ if you want to, but you still need to tell your kid, okay, so vulva is the proper name, but you can call it the JJ if you want to, just like you have a stomach, but we can also sometimes call it tummy. So just so you know, that's the proper name, but we can also use our nicknames if we want to. Just so that there's not shame attached to using the proper name. Because I've always asked parents, I'm like, okay, so when does a the JJ turn into a vulva? It's like, you're 13 years old now. You have a vulva. You know, is it like a particular birthday or is it ever, you know, when does it happen? Does it get its own bar mitzvah or something? It's so interesting to me. And I actually, it's so interesting to me that I actually wrote a book about it called Chatting About Sex. Mm-hmm. And this is my um, first chapter in the book where I talk about this, where I talk about masturbation, when it's um, normal and when it kind of enters something uh, like beyond normal or something that maybe, maybe normal is not the best word. But something that you would kind of, hmm, you would kind of ponder and be like, hmm, oh, my kids, gotta pause. So I have builders outside my window. I have a cat meowing for food. 
I have three kids playing. I have one kid that's sleeping. Well, I actually only have three kids in total, but they're, they have a friend over. So yeah, it's quite a busy household. But I often tell um, I often tell folks who are interested in my story and why I became a sexologist. It's not like I grew up in a household where people are just having their vulva time at tea time every afternoon, every day. Um, I probably became a sexologist because there are things that I want to change. I want to change the way that we talk, and I want to change the way we experience life and our bodies. And I. And I know those feelings of shame and feelings of trying, uh, you it, having to get, get or give permission to touch yourself, having to be like, oh my God, this is so weird. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I need to do this? I shouldn't need to do this. This sh- should be a shared experience with somebody else. Or like, oh my God, I hope nobody finds out. I hope I don't change. Like kids often ask about in sex ed. But won't masturbation change my vulva? Won't it stretch it? Won't, won't, my, won't you be able to tell how my labia is? And I'm like, well, you know what? If sex changed your vulva, then your mommy would have a huge one. It'd be all stretched. Her labia would be dragging down to the floor. Mm-hmm. Nope, we have infinite amount of orgasms available to us. Infinite amount. And sex doesn't stretch or change our vulva it really really doesn't so and I love I was at KFC the other day not a particular favorite of mine but this was like one of those awesome parenting moments and my daughter went to the bathroom and she asked me to go with her and and I was there and she was like you know what mom I really enjoy touching my vulva and I wanted to do like a little victory lap and I was like oh Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, and I was like, yeah. She's like, just like I've noticed my brothers, they like to touch their penis. And I'm like, yeah, it can feel quite pleasurable. I understand. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we just do it in private and you do it at home and it can feel nice. And it's something that's totally normal. Everybody does it and, and, and it's okay. And she's like, oh, okay. So I'm hoping that this next generation is growing up where it's normal and where they're able to talk about their vulva love to one another because it's so important. It's so fundamental to changing sex ed and if and sex. And if we change sex, we can affect gender equality. We can affect pleasure. We can affect violence. We can affect so many different factors by changing and releasing the shame and changing how we talk about our body and just accepting and embracing and enjoying. That's my message for this week. Let's see where we end up on next episode because you never really can tell.